Hello, I'm Aaliyah, and this is Netflix Coffee and Questioning Humanity. Okay, so that intro was a bit of a lie, because today there will be no Netflix and no coffee. It's going to be all about Disney Plus. By now you're probably wondering where the sirens are. Well, folks, today's episode is a family-friendly pod, so little ears, those easily offended, and my mom and dad, feel free to proceed. This was a massive project this episode and the nostalgia was so real but it was so much fun to rewatch not only classic Disney Halloween films but also Halloween episodes of classic Disney shows at least classic to this here millennial. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume everyone listening already knows about Hocus Pocus, Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween Town, Twitches. Those are like classic Disney Halloween movies squared right? I feel like those are ones we all know. So working off of that assumption, I wanted to reminisce on the Disney Halloween movies and episodes you may have forgot existed. I am going to move fairly quickly through them because there are a lot. Shows, I didn't hit everything. I feel like there's a hundred Halloween episodes just on one show alone, like Phineas and Ferb. So I kind of like cherry picked my favorite episodes that kind of spoke to me a lot. So I hope they speak to you as well. I think we all know and love Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus and all that. So I feel like this is just going to be just a reminder and maybe an introduction to some Disney movies and episodes that you never really watched but want to get into the spoopy spirit with. Speaking of Hocus Pocus, though, I still was very inspired by that feeling. I also bought the coolest Hocus Pocus glasses from Marshalls, and it inspired my drink. It's still caffeine, even if it's not coffee, but it's like kind of kid-friendly. That's a ton of fun, and I call it the Sanderson Sisters Brew. The recipe is half a cup, like the cup of whatever you're drinking, not the unit of measurement, of Blue Mountain Dew or really any blue drink, a splash of pineapple juice, and a splash of Mountain Dew. Really, you can just eyeball the regular green Mountain Dew until it turns into like this cool green color. Once it's at that level of green that's pukey, but also like kind of like a witch's potion, add a bit of grenadine and it'll just sit on top for this potion bloody kind of effect. You can also add some pineapple chunks to it, but do that first so the colors don't mix and turn brown. You can also do sour worms, but they'll kind of like sizzle and bubble and turn the drink into like this muddy color, but that could also be super cool. It is a very sweet drink. If you prefer a less sugary drink, I'll throw a fruit like veggie juicing substitute recipe up on the Instagram where you can also see pictures of this fabulous Sanderson Sisters Brew original in the cute Hocus Pocus cups. So that will be at NCQH podcast on Instagram. Be sure to check that out. I'm going to start with movies because I'm dying to reminisce on this one. Don't Look Under the Bed was my first taste of horror movie as a kid. Frances McCond is being framed by the boogeyman. The only one who can help her is an imaginary friend named Larry. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So, leave the light on, keep the door open, and whatever you do, ah! do 
This movie doesn't take place around Halloween. At least I didn't get that impression. But wow, this movie is a millennial staple. If the title isn't ringing a bell, this movie is with Ty Hodges. That's the actor's name. Or you may remember him as Larry from Even Stevens. He plays another Larry in this film, Larry Houdini, if that helps you remember. But the story follows Francis, a high school girl who starts witnessing some really weird stuff happening like alarm clocks going off hours early, dogs on the rooftop, which bravo to 90s, late 90s CGI. Bravo. Real crazy stuff is happening. Jello pools and the whole nine yards. Nobody really knows what's happening, but all signs are pointing towards Miss Francis. But Larry Houdini, the fashion icon, has another idea. And yes, I said what I said, a fashion icon. Hawaiian shirt, camo, yellow little shades, don't even protest it. Larry, the fashion icon, thinks it's actually the boogeyman who is responsible for all this madness. Now, as far as the scare level, if you are trying to feel this out for kids, in 1999, when I believe this was made, this was terrifying. But nowadays, the 10 to 13 year olds that I feel like would be interested in this film probably have seen scarier things on YouTube. But you know, Every kid is different. Parents actually complained to Disney that this film was too dark and scary. I can officially blame the Karens of 1999 for the future teen beach movies. Thank you, Karens of 1999. We appreciate you taking Disney Channel original movies and just flushing them down the drain. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, aside from the big four that we talked about, I think is the Disney Channel movie that I think of when I look back on being a kid and remembering Halloween movies of that era. The Hanson kids are dying to get their mom out on a date. She'll go out, then we'll go out. Why don't I feel better about this? They find out. Dimitri's a vampire. Good point. They'll be dying to get her out of it. I'm not gonna let Dimitri turn mom into an onion. What? Disney Channel presents I Have the Power. Yeah, right. Mom's got a date with a vampire. It's so Halloween-y. It's darker and has spookier vibes from the very beginning. It's a film that if you are unfamiliar or have forgotten, it does touch on divorce and a newly single mom dating. Big spoiler, I know, mom's got a date with a vampire. Who would have thunk? So that single mom has three kids. One is kind of like the main kid, Adam, and he has a younger brother and an older sister. And Adam and his older sister are desperate to get the mother out of the house because they want to run off and do teenager things like concerts and dates and all that heathen activity. Being the sneaky children they are, they decide to set Mama Bear up with a hunk from the newspaper ad. Yes, kids, I said a newspaper. A printed publication usually issued daily or weekly consisting of folded, unstapled sheets and containing news, featured articles, advertisements, and correspondence. So mom's out, right? And the kids, well, the the two older ones go off and they do their own thing. But the younger brother, the smarter brother, realizes that mom's got a date with a vampire. I mean, aside from like the title giving it away, homie didn't want garlic bread. There is only one reason for that, blasphemous behavior. And the reasoning includes fangs. The movie isn't too scary. It's more scary for us older folk because if the outfits don't make you feel like a relic, the computers featured in this film sure will, which is just terrifying. 
oh my god, Phantom of the Megaplex was one of those movies I solely remembered from previews. Something's fishy at the Cotton Hills Megaplex. We must find out who was causing this chaos and make it stop. Is it Pete? Is it Karen? Is it a living person? <laughs> at all. Phantom of the Megaplex strikes again! You need me to help you solve this. Disney Channel asks, who done it? I thought it was so wild and hip at the time 20 years ago. The background story in the story super cool and Mickey Rooney is in it which gives it an automatic A plus rating from me. RIP to that legend. The story focuses on Pete Riley, the youngest assistant manager in the history of the cinema he works at. The cinema is having this huge event and weird stuff starts happening like popcorn machines are going bananas and movies are playing and starting to get a little too real. Another genius little brother has the answer though. He thinks the calamity is all because of the phantom of the Megaplex. The Scream Team. Ugh, it has arguably the best intro song of all time from any Disney Channel original movie. Fight me. Mariah. Look, I'm smiling. Coffin Ed. Delighted. And Jumper. Will make you <laughs> scream. As we say in the ghost business, <laughs> the scream team. What is it? It's a ghost, and I'm keeping it. Starring Tommy Davidson, Eric Idle, and Kathy Najimi. Don't mess with me. I am in no mood today. The scream team, a Disney Channel original movie. They're having the time of their afterlife. Also, bonus points because this is Kat Denning's breakout role in Scream Team. I was so confused because this is another film I've never seen as a kid, and I was heavily into the Disney Channel original movie. Disney was my life. It's definitely more of a mature sort of film in some ways. It does touch on like the passing of a grandfather, so it's a bit more emotional than some of the others. After Ian and Claire's grandfather pass away, they realize that their New England town, yep, it's coming, is haunted. The town is sort of like a pit stop for ghosts who need to redeem themselves on earth before they get into heaven. Claire and Ian realize their grandfather never got to depart, which they learn from the Soul Patrol, who are made up of Tommy Davidson from Proud Family and in, in Living Color, Eric Idle, he's from Monty Python, and sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but Kathy Najimi, Najimi, who is Mary from Hocus Pocus. The three of them are absolutely hilarious together. I really liked them as a unit. But anywho, the Soul Patrol let them know that their grandfather's soul must have been stolen by the villain, Zachariah. And for those of you who have seen Sons of Anarchy, the actor Kim Coates, who plays Tig, also plays Zachariah. So that was uh, interesting to say the least. Kim Coates got that range. He has that range, boy. Anyway, Zachariah is out here stealing souls to take revenge against the town who burnt his wife at the stake a bazillion years prior. There's actually a super cool twist that got me. And I know also kind of has like a nuanced lesson about three sides to every story. It was a little bit bit slow, but I really liked it. I thought it was a gem. Frankenweenie. He was a great dog, a great friend. When you lose someone you love, they never really leave you. They just move into a special place in your heart. I don't want him in my heart. I want him here with me. If we could bring him back, we would. Sporty! Huh? I can't believe it! Your dog is alive! 
Anyone get that Office reference? No. Do I watch The Office too much? Frankenweenie. No? Whatever. Anyway, first things first, great Disney Cinderella Castle intro. Just have to say that. Obviously, this is a Tim Burton film, which equals creepy and bizarre to the eye. There's really not a whole lot of talking in Frankenweenie. The visuals speak for themselves, in my opinion, if that's how you would say it. But the story is about Victor, who... I thought this was really interesting. I guess there's like some weird theory that Tim Burton's movies all come together, which makes sense to me because he looks exactly like Victor from The Corpse Bride. Victor is bringing his pet dog back to life after it passes and he uses a very Frankenstein style science to bring him back to life. And when the rest of the world finds out about it, uh, it's like monkey see, monkey do. And then next thing you know, it leads to some crazy things. And then the streets are flooded with these science projects gone wrong. I swear Tim Burton can take the creepiest character and make them so charming. He also pays homage to classic horror films throughout, so I thought that was pretty cool. Frankenweenie is dark and macabre, but it also has so much heart. Honestly, this is one of my favorite movies on Disney Plus for Halloween, I have to say. I'm going to end the movies portion with a good old roast. Girl vs. Monster was the only modern Disney Channel original movie Halloween film I watched. And it is roughly 89 minutes of my life that I will never get back. Tyler was fearless. Love you, already late. Stop stressing over your presentation. Said the girl who knows no fear. Until one Halloween. <laughs> A lifetime of fears was unleashed. What's happening? That lady's immortal and wants to destroy your parents and possess your soul for all eternity. Now, she must face the truth. My parents are monster hunters? And find her destiny. Monster hunting's in your blood. My heart's racing. My palms are sweating. My stomach feels funny. That's fear. I get that like every day. The opening scene included a horrendous auto-tune typical Disney music number. <sighs> I was like, good lord, what did I get myself into? I had no idea. Like I had no idea what I was what I was doing, what this was about. I I it was as if how can I make this kid friendly? A monster had chewed up high school musical, which is fantastic by the way, and I will not hear otherwise. But th this monster chews up high school musical, swallows it with with like a fistful of nasty dollar store candy corns and pooped it out on October 31st. And that is girl versus monster. That's the nicest way I can explain it. That being said, I am a 26 year old grown woman. I am not <laughs> the target audience here. I know that. Little Janie who just turned 11 might think girl versus monster is the greatest piece of art ever made. I've learned upon watching this that graphics throughout the years have not improved much on Disney Channel movies, which like they've stayed cheesy, but it's also less scary for the youth. So I get it, I get it, but it was just uh, an observation. Anyways, the story follows Skylar, whose parents are monster hunters, which she pleasantly finds out after accidentally releasing one that her parents are containing. That monster is angry, angry, and he wants revenge, and he's wreaking havoc all over. This is just unacceptable for Skylar. So her and her, uh, and this is straight from the Disney Plus description, quote, 
techno friends, unquote. Yes, techno, like the genre of music techno. Okay, uh, they have to recapture the monster and save her parents. Yeah, um, that's about as much time as I want to spend on Girl vs. Monster. The, yeah, there's nothing else to say. That's gonna get a big ol' thumbs down. It's a no from me, dog. Now we're gonna switch up and go to the television episodes. Like I said, it's some of them. There are just so many Halloween episode specials. I'm biased, so these are some of my favorites. So in they go. Lizzie McGuire, season one, episode 24, Night of the Day of the Dead. This whole Day of the Dead stuff is just superstition, right? I mean, someone probably just moved those skeletons. Right, right. It's probably just superstition. Man, seasons were super long, weren't they? I remember the show being on for a hundred years when I was a kid. And when I got Disney Plus and I saw there were two seasons, I was so confused until I saw there were 6,000 episodes per season. In this episode of Lizzie McGuire, my all-time favorite show as a kid, I worship Tillery Duff. She's a queen. It's Fright Night at Lizzie's school. Kate organizes a big old Halloween party and she's bossy and she's rude as always but to add insult to injury she disrespects Miranda's ancestral skeleton decorations which is a bad idea for those of you who do not know spoopy things start happening when you disrespect the dead I love all of Tudgman's prime Star Wars impressions in this episode they make it even better I can't lie also Kate's costume I mean it's iconic even if she's not to quote another Hilary Duff feature love her dress hate her do we know that a cinderella story come on children catch up we gotta watch a cinderella story that line is oh that's like one of the most quotable movies ever boy meets world season five episode 17 titled and then there was sean he's pulling some elaborate hoax why well why does feeney do anything to teach us something what's he trying to teach us to pay attention or we die. Oof, the nostalgia. I remember watching Boy Meets World as a kid and thinking I was so adult. I was so adult, so mature. Sean is taking Topanga and Corey's breakup really hard. Sorry for that show spoiler, but you had 20 years. Figure your crap out. You could have watched it 20 years ago. Sean is taking Topanga and Corey's breakup really hard and they have a dramatic exchange and that causes Mr. Feeney to give them a group detention because that dramatic exchange does happen in school. In 20 minutes of this episode, they managed to parody Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and then there were none. I'm sure there's so many more horror films. I, I might've missed them. But this detention is one they will never forget. There's blood coming from showers, blood on the chalkboard, Jennifer Love Hewitt, more references to South Park this time, and a twist to rival any 90s horror film. One of the most memorable Halloween episodes of any show for me was definitely this one. The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, season one, episode 19, titled Ghost of 613. Check out the broken mirror. Check out the gargoyles. This is another Disney Channel Halloween episode I will never forget. It's always stayed in my brain. Zach and Cody convince Maddie in London to investigate a legend of the ghost Irene in room 613. Zach, being typical Zach, is playing pranks, which doesn't help the whole investigation situation. Also, a lot of Star Wars references in this one as well. Random, but I 
thought that was interesting. There's also a scene where Esteban is speaking with the ghosties. That was literally a moment that I vividly remember finding hilarious as a kid. So that felt really special to me to watch it. But anyways, Zach's little prank is not appreciated and soon he will reap what he sows in true Halloween fashion. Kim Possible Season 1, Episode 14, titled October 31st. Spell my feet, give me something good to eat. Mister, could you not do smell your feet? It's really lame. Hey, hey, unicorn came to play. You're no unicorn, you're just a horse to... Can we just have a moment, a moment for the intro, for that call me, beat me if you want to reach me? What? There are no words. That was, it still is like the most iconic intro of all time. This show is so clever. This was definitely up there with one of my favorite Disney shows. And Bueno Rufus, who remembers Bueno Rufus the game? That was my jam. As soon as I'm done with this recording, that is what my day will consist of, playing Bueno Rufus, because I was the master. So in this Halloween episode, Kim lies to Ron and her parents, Noi Noi, to go to a party. But this liquid metal armor she took from Draken turns out to take physical form whenever she lies. So that's uh, throwing a wrench in her party vibe as any type of liquid metal armor taking physical form when you lie would. I will say I expected more from KP with her Halloween costume. That was such a letdown. Leave it to Ron to save the day with his costume. What a vibe. What a vibe. That was the best part of the episode. That's So Raven season two, episode two, titled Don't Have a Cow. Cow, where art thou? <laughs> You're in my stomach now. Cow, cow, tell me how I accidentally made you chow. Cow, I'll tell you how, okay? My daddy got the order mixed up. So you got that cow? Forgive her now. Can we talk about something else somehow? I just finished binge watching all of that So Raven not too long ago. And I can confidently say, I know I've been throwing around, this was my favorite and that one was in my favorites, regardless of whether or not this was my favorite, cause that is always going to be Lizzie McGuire. That So Raven was the best Disney Channel show ever, ever, period. The Proud Family is a close second and I think Lizzie McGuire and Kim Possible are up there. I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings because those aren't your favorites or I'm not mentioning your favorites or if Phil of the Future happened to be your favorite, but I'm judging you if that's the case. In this episode, Raven and Chelsea play around with a spell book trying to kind of gain inspiration for costumes to Alana's Halloween party, but the spell goes a bit nutty and the look is not what they had in mind. Big shout out to William for his costume dressed as a remote control. That's that's what we do like to see, that originality. Raven and Chelsea, they do win best dress for uh, their costume. So there's that too. Well-deserved first place. Overall, this episode was cute and quirky and just genuinely funny, which is all of that So Raven. So we're not surprised, but iconic episode. Even Stevens season two, episode 11 on Disney Plus, but labeled as episode 13 everywhere else I've looked. And it's titled A Very Scary Story. Now guys, listen to me. We gotta get out of here because they'll start zapping our, our eyes and then they'll fall out and then we have to drink milk. It's a big story. We gotta go. Lewis, honey, I think maybe your goggles are a little too tight. They're blocking the blood from your brain. This is the Halloween episode from Disney Channel. The. I said what I said and it has the greatest costume lewis as a penguin jockey i said what i said best contents of an episode best costume 
costume from an episode, period. In this episode, the school is offering free eye exams, but the students are getting their eyes burnt out of the socket. Ren, being the square she is, doesn't really care about Halloween because this is all taking place on Halloween, obviously a Halloween episode. She just cares about these eye exams. Wexler and Coach Tugnut, which, I mean, family-friendly episode, so I can't really dive too deeply into that name, but you know, interesting choice, Disney. They're zapping eyeballs and brainwashing students to love milk, a vegan's true scary story, and caring about their permanent record, the audacity. So all these kids are wet blankets and loving the moo juice, uh, except Lewis and Ren. But the question is, who is the mastermind behind this horror? You'll have to watch the greatest Halloween episode ever to come out of a Disney Channel show to find out. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this not-so-Netflix, not-so-coffee episode of Netflix Coffee and Questioning Humanity. For future reference, I do plan on doing more episodes, sometimes based around other streaming services, so hopefully you're cool with that. If you'd like updates on future episodes and to see all the pretty pictures of what I'm drinking, check out the podcast on Instagram at nckhpodcast. I would also like to share a website for Black Lives Matter resources. The website is pb, p as in Peter, b as in Bob, dash resources.com. There you will find podcasts, books, movies, media profiles of everything pertaining to the Black Lives Matter movement. You will also find petitions, numbers to call, emails to reach out to, tips for protesters, bail and arrest resources, lists of Black queer and trans organizations to support, and a list of action items to support and educate yourself on the Black trans community. There are also links to bail funds, direct action, memorial funds, Black businesses, and more. And they also have beautiful tributes in honor of those who have lost their lives at the hands of white supremacy, police brutality, and injustice. Black Lives Matter. They have always mattered and they will always matter, regardless of whether or not it's still trending on social media. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting. Stay caffeinated, stay streaming, stay strong. Stay strong.